Hello and welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I'm Chris Levine and I will be your host again this time around. Have you ever not gone to a car lot because you didn't want to deal with the salespeople? Now, it's it's not that they're just doing their job. That's completely okay. But the fear or resistance to being pushed or to pressure sales, for a lot of people, it makes them rethink even bothering with the visit. If we were to go and allow ourselves to buy something that we might not really want, and then get upset about it, that's a specific example of what we're going to be talking about this time. The clinical term for this is psychological reactance. The Long Island Psychology website says this about the topic. It says that it's the tendency for people to react negatively when they feel someone or something is taking away their choice or their ability to seek out more alternative solutions. Psychological reactance can be hard to change but you can be more aware of it so that it doesn't control the decisions that you make or how you are able to obtain what you need from others. But let's think about it. Let's go back to that car lot. Ultimately, who's really in control? And ultimately, who really has all of the decision-making power? We do. We will spend the money and sign the papers, or we won't. The salesman can say anything they want, but the trigger is not pulled unless we pull it. So then while a salesman may be influential and maybe even pressure driven, if if we drive off that car lot in a car we really don't want, Whose fault is it ultimately? Ultimately, it's ours. The thing is, psychological reactance is going to make us completely blame the salesperson for whatever reason. Now, injustices can be very real. They can also be very perceived. And this is different at different stages in our lives. I remember, for example, being a very, very little kid And every day, putting the stuffed animals on my bed in different places so that they'd have something new and different to look at when I left the room. I promise you this is true. I did this all the time. I truly felt it would not be fair to be in that same spot, looking at that same wall or area all day, every day. I mean, I wouldn't like that. So I imagine neither would they. I remember one day leaving the house in a hurry and not doing this and legitimately feeling guilty all day and making a beeline back to my room when I got home to move them around. It literally hurt me inside to think that I didn't do it. 
Now, as we all know, in truth, these are non-living things and it really didn't matter. But at that time in my life, it did to me. And there was no actual injustice happening, but it felt like there was to me if I didn't do it. Feeling compassion for inanimate things was very real. Think of think of how people may baby something that they own that's very sentimental to them. That item is no more alive than my stuffed animals were. But God forbid anything happened to them and some people might literally be devastated. There's another aspect to this. There's kind of a rooting for the underdog aspect. Uh, for example, I'll give you another personal example. The first time that I learned... You know, when you're young, you, you don't know things. You figure things out as you go. I learned that sometimes there's more than one version of a song. And, and it kind of made me sad. I'll tell, I, I wish I could tell you which song it was, but I honestly don't remember. I, I'm not going to make something up for the story. I just remember thinking that, wait a minute. If somebody else did this song first, why wasn't that as popular as the song I'm listening to right now. That's not fair that the original version of the song was pretty much forgotten about and that the remake was popular. It, it literally bothered me as a kid when I learned this. The Psychology Today had a piece called The Neuroscience of Fairness and Injustice, How Our Brains Are Wired to Resist Unfair Treatment. It said this, which definition you choose will depend on your basic values and your worldview. Do we have an obligation to look after those who can't look after themselves? If everyone is given the same reward, is this unfair to those who contribute more? Who gets to decide how resources and responsibilities are delegated? See, regardless of how you view fairness, if you're human, you will inevitably be subjected to some behavior or event that you perceive as being not right or unfair. And our brain will have a, a wired-in reaction to this perceived inequity. And this is true, again, whether an injustice is real or if it's perceived, because it really doesn't matter. So, so how can we approach moving forward? Well, the article says this. Once you have an action plan or decide to just let it go, you can use the following strategies to dampen fruitless ruminations about unfairness. And here they are. Number one, try to change your thinking. Life has an element of randomness and uncontrollable suffering that everybody experiences at some point. We also can try to find a lesson in the situation and then just let the rest go. Maybe we can pay more attention next time or speak up earlier. Something else is we can have direct compassion to ourselves for our suffering and focus actively on self-care. So yeah, it bothers us. What are we going to do to help ourselves so that we can get through it? We can also deliberately focus on the positive things going on. 
instead of the negative, such as our achievements or the activities we enjoy or the people that love us or that we love. See, there are terrible injustices in this world. But still, some of us have a tendency to make up more of them in our own minds. We hear laughter. Oh, they must be laughing at me. We say hello. They don't. It's it's never because they probably didn't hear us. It's because, oh, they hate us. Or we have a problem or more likely, what is their problem? See, I say we conclude this thing this way. Just like we often are the bearer of the results of our own choices, we also have the capability, at least to some degree, to dwell on what we choose. If we choose to revisit things that make us heartsick, we're probably going to remain heartsick. If we don't, and especially if we make it our aim to help someone else, we can move on. And here's the thing, even if it's just a little bit, I'm not painting rainbows here. It's going to still be hard sometimes. And many injustices are completely real. But let's close with this quote from Muhammad Ali. He said this, and I I think this is, is pretty great. Service to others is the rent that you pay for your room here on earth. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to shadow our overall theme. Now, this time around, we're going to be hearing the original versions of songs that you know better by artists that covered them later. We will even learn about some of these artists. So I'm, I'm going to make it up to them. When I was a kid and it bothered me that that's not fair, and people didn't know people did those songs first. Well, we're going to give them their due today. We have for you this time around a psychological reactance playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in refresher podcast dash psychological reactance. Track number one, there's always something there to remind me. My generation knew this as a song by Naked Eyes, who, by the way, did a really great cover. But the original version was by, do you know, Sandy Shaw. So while Naked Eyes got more attention off of this song during my generation, you don't really have to worry about her. Uh, She created a real legacy for herself, included being invited to join the Royal Society of Musicians as an honorary professor of music. Good job, Sandy Shaw. Number two, Louie Louie. But by the man who wrote it and first recorded it, his name was Richard Berry. This guy is like the godfather of what became garage music. Not only did he write Louie Louie, but he also wrote Have Love, Will Travel, which you probably heard more than likely by the Sonics. Louie Louie finally became a major hit when the Kingsman version became an international hit in 1963. Number three is a singer by the name of James Ray, who recorded a a cool little original song called Got My Mind Set On You, which later was a number one hit for George Harrison. Number four, again, my generation by all means would easily think that this was a soft sell song, 
but it was originally recorded by Gloria Jones. And of course, we are talking about the song Tainted Love. Gloria Jones found success in the UK, being recognized there as, quote, the queen of Northern soul. She actually was also committed in a, in a long-term relationship uh, with Mark Bolin from T-Rex until his unfortunate death in a car accident. Number five, a group called the Paragons. They had a song that Blondie would later record called The Tide is High. It was originally a 1967 Rocksteady song written by John Holt, who was the Paragon singer. Number six, Hard to Handle. The first hit for the Black Crows, but the original version was by Otis Redding. Uh, in 1968, it was written by Otis Redding along with Al Bell and Alan Jones. Number seven, Irma Thomas with Time is on My Side. Uh, Jimmy Norman, who wrote the lyrics to Time is on My Side, his name eventually was actually removed from the credits. Well, who covered this? The Rolling Stones. I wonder if the Rolling Stones and all their wealth and eventual spoil ever paid Jimmy Norman, especially since they got writing credit on Bittersweet Symphony because the Verve used a sample of an instrumental version of a Stone song, which sounded nothing like the song. I doubt it. That's sad. What's interesting, too, is that Mick Jagger basically copied Irma Thomas completely. There was like no taking it and making it his own. It's the same song. Number eight, I Want Candy, not by Bow Wow Wow, but by The Strange Loves. The song in itself should possibly also be credited, in my humble opinion, to Bo Diddley, since it blatantly uses that Bo Diddley rhythm and beat. Number nine, probably the most famous of these kinds of songs, a lady by the name of Big Mama Thornton recorded a song called Hound Dog, which later became a huge smash for Elvis Presley. But check this out. Thornton's original Hound Dog was so popular that it led to at least 10 cover versions of it before Elvis Presley recorded it in 1956. That's pretty cool. Number 10, Evie Sands with the song Angel of the Morning. But hey, don't feel bad for her either. Evie Sands' musical career spans more than 50 years. She began her career as a teenager in the mid-60s and continues to write and perform to this day. Well, that's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really, really easily by simply going to Spotify and typing in Refresher Podcast-Psychological Reactants. We'd like to welcome some new listeners to our little show. Our demographic report shows that we now have listeners in Mukwanango, Wisconsin. I hope I said that correct. And Roslyn, Washington. Welcome. We're very glad that you've joined our audience here at Refresher. 
Hey, I want to tell everybody something while I've got your attention. Did you know that plants improve the air around you and that they actually improve your mood? Leafy is the world's first ever patented self-watering plant container. Check out their awesome site. They have plants that you can buy, especially their containers, which is really their bread and butter. The goal is for you to take that pet plant to go with you. Their website, www.leafy.com. That's www.leafve.com. We also want to say hello and thank you to our friends at DesignCraft. They are at the forefront of the millwork industry, constantly innovating to meet custom needs. You can check out their unbelievable work at www.designcraft.com. It's not spelled in its typical way. Let me spell it for you. D-E-Z-I-G-N-K-R-A-F-T.com. And then, of course, we want to shout out to our friends uh, at the Managing Expectations podcast, which is a podcast for interesting people by interesting people wading into all things that make them interesting, be it music, art, books, movies, and generally the passing scene. You can check them out at managingexpectationspodcast.com. Guys, this show simply would never exist without you. If you could all do me a favor, please continue to pass it along to your friends. If you think they'd like the companionship of this show, think maybe they'd learn something from it or be entertained by it, please do. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you'd like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you are so inclined, that would be awesome. But whether you do or whether you don't, just feel free, please, to listen and enjoy anytime because the show is yours. I want to let you know as well that we have books that I've written, including celebrity interviews. And we also have our merch, our t-shirts, and all those good things that reflect this podcast at our own website, which is refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. That is refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.